0: Around the world, more than 80 women have accused Peter Nygaard of crimes ranging from rape to sex trafficking. He far exceeds Jeffrey Epstein. He far exceeds Bill Cosby. He exceeds anything that I think our world has seen so far. A pattern of predatory behavior spanning half a century. Nygaard denies it all. But now he faces criminal charges.
1: If this were a poor man? He would have been in jail decades ago. He is hid in plain sight.
0: Evil by Design. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC
1: Podcast.
2: Previously on Missing and Murdered. Finding Cleo. We're looking for beloved daughter Cleo L. Madonia. (gasps) There it is. Are you from here as well? I was just wondering if you would recognize
0: her photo. No. No. Oh, wait a minute. This is Cleo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she and I were friends. What? Yes. In the 70s, did you ever hear anything about a young girl dying or...?
1: What? Oh, oh, you mean strangely? I think
0: I know how she died. But I'm not positive. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I'm, I'm really, sorry. really, really sorry. <laughs> no, I can't imagine how you Oh my gosh. December
2: 7th, 1978. Medford Police here are investigating attempted rape of a Cherry Hill teenager last Wednesday. I'm Connie Walker and this is Missing and Murdered, Finding Cleo, an investigative podcast by CBC News. seemed nearly impossible at times, but we did it. We found Cleo. We know her adoptive name. We know where she lived. We know where she is buried. We've talked to her friends and we're getting a sense of her life in New Jersey. But we still have questions. Her biological family believes that Cleo was murdered, picked up by a predator while trying to hitchhike back home to Saskatchewan and killed in Arkansas. Cleo's friends in New Jersey have told us a bit about her time here, but they won't tell us what happened to her. We still don't know how she died. We have one full day left here. and We need to try to get answers from police or from Cleo's adoptive family. But now that we know for sure that we've found her, we need to tell Cleo's siblings. Hey, is this Johnny? Yes. Hey, Johnny, it's Connie calling from CBC.
1: Hey, how you doing?
2: Good. How are you? Good, good. What are you up to? i well, working at the moment. Okay. Well, actually, we're we're kind of nearby. Um, actually, about a couple hours away. We're wondering if we could come and come and meet you. We've been just looking into some things here, and would like to just kind of give you an update in person. Yeah. Go on. Where are you guys at? Um, so we're, we're two hours away from Lancaster in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Yeah. Johnny says he can talk to us after he finishes work. So we get in our rental car and head west to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Can you guys anything? No, we're good. We're good. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks. When Johnny for, uh, hears that we have an update for him about Cleo, he asks his friend Danielle if she can be there for our talk. We meet him at her house on a quiet tree-lined street.
1: Anything,
3: Chief? No, I'm good. No? Any
2: water? Yeah. We're sitting on Danielle's front porch. It's a mild evening in late spring and the sun is beginning to set. I'm a bit nervous because I don't know how Johnny will take the news that we found Cleo, the girl he said goodbye to when he was 13, the girl he promised to find, the one he's been looking for for years. And honestly, even though we've been working on this investigation for months and have gotten to know him a little bit, it feels weird to be the one telling him about his sister. Yeah, we we um, we, we actually found a, a grave site. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah for for someone named Cleo Madonia. Oh yeah. And we weren't sure if that was the right Cleo, but we were able to confirm that that, that is her grave site. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah? Wow. She, she was adopted into a family in Marlton, New Jersey. But
3: Seventy-eight. Why did it takes so long to. Because I found out in 76. And they told me she died two years prior.
2: Yeah, do you think that you, you had the dates wrong, maybe? No,
3: I remember it exactly. It was the U.S. bicentennial. It was down in 1876. Oh. So that's how I know.
2: I'm not sure if he believes we've actually found her. So I show him the photos that Jill and Gina gave us. That's, that's her photo from grade 5. We we talked to that's a couple. About, yeah. Does that look familiar?
3: Yeah. Yep. Her smile. Her hair. Yeah. That yeah, that'd be her. Where was this from? Did Saskatchewan?
2: No, that's from New Jersey. Oh really? We met. We oh, met wow. a couple. We met this this girl standing next to her, uh-huh. and they were friends. Yeah. And they were friends from grade 5, 6, s- um, 7, and eight, and they said that yeah. uh, it was. December of grade 8, that she died.
3: Yeah. They say where?
2: They didn't say where, but we, we did find out it was in Marlton. It oh, yeah. was in Marlton. But we don't know how she died.
3: Yeah. It's better not knowing nothing. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys found out more than I would know.
2: Johnny says it's awesome and great, but he is so calm. He seems unfazed. I wasn't sure what to expect. I imagined he might have a different reaction— but then I remember our interview. In the matter-of-fact way, he spoke about memories that had to be painful. And his reaction begins to make sense.
3: you think I'd be more emotional, but I'm not, because it's like, after all these years, it, it's good to know, but so that's her adopted name, huh?
2: Cleo Madonia, yeah.
3: Well, that's where she's buried and stuff.
2: Yeah, she's buried in, in uh, cemetery. a cemetery. Wow, that's
3: not too far across from Philly there, is it? Yeah, the smile looks familiar in the eyes and stuff.
2: Does she look like she did when she was a kid?
3: Yeah, especially this one here. Yeah.
2: I tell Johnny about meeting Cleo's friends, Jill and Gina, about how they remember Cleo and what they want her siblings to know. <clears throat> that's that's the one thing they wanted to make sure that you guys knew yeah. about her, was that she, she, was, she smiled a lot and she oh, yeah, seemed happy. I remember
3: that too, that's... That's great. Because more than I expected, more, you know, and friends that remember her, that's even better.
2: But she she refused to tell us how she died. She yeah. said, I don't want to tell you. Um, it's not. I
3: think she'd tell me? I mean, do you have a... I mean, I'd like to know. I mean, if... You say they're willing to talk to, to us or anything? Oh, yeah? Well, it's even better. Yeah.
2: Well, I think they'd be really actually excited to talk to you guys yeah. and to tell you about Cleo.
3: I'm just, you know, just awesome, huh?
2: Yeah, so I'm sure it's a lot to take in.
3: Oh, it's, Well, it's, I've been waiting forever, but I'm glad you guys found out. Did you tell anybody else? My sisters? Is anything?
2: No, we just found, like, we really just confirmed last night when oh, in New wow. Jersey, yeah.
3: It's weird. You'd think I'd be real emotional about it, but I'm just relieved that I have a name and pictures.
2: It's getting late. We agree that we will try to call Christine, April, and Mark in the morning. We say goodnight to Johnny, who still seems to be processing this news. It's good to know. I'm glad. I'm glad you oh, feel yeah, relieved. I'm, I'm glad.
3: You know, maybe this will hit me later on or something, you know.
2: Later that night, Johnny posts the photo we gave him on social media. It's Cleo's grade five class picture from New Jersey, where she's wearing the bright yellow shirt, and she looks happy. He writes, They found my sister.
3: They found my sister.
2: I'm still I'm trying, still trying to, try to take it, take it
3: all, all in. I remember her smile. I see her smile in all my friends. She was only 13. Hug your children, your sister. Never let them go, tell them you love them.
2: Later, he posts another photo of Cleo, the black and white one from the yearbook, taken just a few months before she died. When he writes, Johnny's real reaction comes out, expressing all of his emotions about finding Cleo, all of the things he couldn't say to us in person.
3: It's been a long journey, this is my sister. 1974 was the last day I saw you. I remember your smile, telling you I'd find you no matter what. Silly promise to make for a 13-year-old. But the journey doesn't end here. The question remains, what was your life like? What were your adoptive parents like? Why did you have to die so young? I'm afraid to know how you died. I'm afraid of the dark. I used to embrace the darkness. Not sure how I'm going to deal with this sadness. This is going to hurt for a long time. You
2: know, all of her siblings talked about wanting to find out the truth about Cleo and wanting to find their sister. But the more that we uncover, the more painful it seems to become. And I wonder if this is still worth it, like if finding the answers is really what they want.
1: Well, first of all, I'm happy to know that uh, she's, We know, where she is, because all
2: this time I've never known where she is at all. We make a plan for a conference call with the rest of Cleo's siblings in the morning. But at 10 a.m., the only person we can reach on the phone is Christine. She's already talked to Johnny and has had some time to process the news.
1: It's again that feeling of, you know, I have to piece my life back from what people tell me. We just trusted people who
2: told us things, right? Christine, who started us on this journey with her story about Cleo's murder, wants to know how Cleo died. I tell her about Jill and Gina, what they told us about Cleo, and what they didn't. They refused to talk about it. They said that we have to find out on our own and that we need to... To to try to find her death certificate, but they would not talk about it at all.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, something happened for a per- perfectly healthy thirteen-year-old do- to die, right? And suddenly, too. Like I think I sense the death was unexpected, but I'd like to know too. Yeah.
2: We try calling April and Mark again.
0: So, so we'll just have to try to reach Mark another time
2: because we can't get, out, can't get in touch with him. But now April and Christine are, are both on the line here. Hi. <laughs> How
0: are you? Good, good, good. How are you? Doing pretty good, thanks.
2: April doesn't use social media, so she hasn't yet heard the news that we've found Cleo. So the
0: reason, that? the reason we're calling is that they found uh, Cleo's grave. Oh, my gosh. Where? It's in New Jersey. We know where she is now.
1: Oh, my God. That's, that's great.
0: Yeah, isn't it? I think that's good. We don't have to look for yeah. her. Are yeah. You, are you okay?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm okay.
2: Wow. Yeah, yeah. We, we, there's still, I think, you know... um, some, some unanswered questions. We tell them we're trying to get information from police in Marlton and that we've been trying to reach Cleo's adoptive mother, Mrs. Lee Madonia, on the phone.
1: I'd definitely like to find out how she passed away. Yeah, I want to know too. Yeah. So she, she, she died in 78?
0: Yeah, December twenty second, 1978. So she was 13 years old when she died.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank, you. thank you, lady, for doing all the hard work for us. And, Chris, for you for starting this process. You know, we would never found out if it wasn't for you, Chris.
0: Well, I needed to know. I still want to know more, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: Yeah. 13 year olds just don't die. Not very often, anyway. Like if her heart exploded or something, that's something we should know, right? Or if she was accidentally hit by a car or something, or run over or something.
2: Can we ask you guys to let Mark know or to to get in touch with Mark?
0: Yeah, I'll keep trying. Like I have his email. So I'll ask him to call me and I'll keep my little recorder around. I hate to
1: face guys, but um i am not have to let you go. I need time to process
2: this all. No, I understand, for sure. Yeah, and
1: and since I'll call you sometime, okay?
0: All right. <clears throat> I'll be around.
1: Okay, love
0: you. I love you too. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye bye.
2: How are you doing, Christine?
0: Oh good. I'm good. I know I'll be it fine. is it's a lot to
2: to bring up again, I'm sure.
0: Well it's a relief. But it's still just one it's a major step but it's still more steps to be taken, right?
2: Christine believes that Cleo wants her to find out the truth about what happened to her.
0: My intuition tells me that she was not supposed to be taken from this world. I don't think it was anything medical. I think it was something beyond her control and that she didn't want to die. That's the sense that I get. But I don't think she was meant to be gone from this world. Something happened.
2: Christine tells me about a dream that she had of Cleo. She says she sometimes has these dreams visions of Cleo trying to talk to her from beyond to help her in her quest for answers and to bring Cleo home.
0: I had this dream of uh, being on the the banks of the Saskatchewan River but on the top, right? So I remember it was summer and it was nice and green, it was windy and I could hear the water. Then I seen this house that had no windows or it had a door, but it had no windows. It was a really weird house, and I remember thinking, why doesn't that house have windows? And then I seen somebody running through the field towards me, and it was it was Cleo, but she was younger. She was about, I don't know, four or five? She had a very full face, and she was, looked very young, so she was running towards me, and she was happy, and then in the background, I saw an older woman. And that older woman, I think, was my grandmother, because I seen her wearing a blue dress and an apron, and she was coming out of the the uh, the house. So I think my grandmother wants me to bring her back. So that's all I saw was you know Cleo being happy, in the sense that Cleo's happiest times of her life were on the reserve where she was stayed with my grandmother. I don't know how I know that. That's what they showed me in my dream. So I don't know if any of that's true, but in my dream, she was staying with my grandmother and she was very happy and she was on the banks of the Saskatchewan River.
2: So you, you want to bring her back to Saskatchewan?
0: Yeah, because like our lives have been like we've been dropped from the sky you know we were raised by these people who don't look like us stand out in every class picture or little newspaper clipping throughout our whole lives right we belong somewhere spiritually we're connected to somewhere and so i want to be buried in Little Pine because even though i was taken from there doesn't mean i do not i don't belong there because when she came to me when Cleo came to me and told me those things I think that's what she wants she wouldn't have told me if she didn't I need to know I need to know
2: I understand that for sure I came to the Navajo Nation looking for answers after an Indigenous elder vanished in the dead of night. But I soon found something else, a tangled web of violence and retaliation.
4: It's survival out there. That's what it is. It's about survival.
2: Those guys know something. I just think they're afraid to say it. People know you can get away with murder out there. I'm Connie Walker. Listen to Stolen, Trouble in Sweetwater on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like we're so close to uncovering the full story about Cleo and how she died. But I'm worried we're running out of time. It's our last day in the United States. We're supposed to fly back to Toronto later this afternoon. Before we go, we're heading back to Marlton to check in with police one more time, but also to make the delicate approach and try to talk to Cleo's adoptive mother, Mrs. Medonia. We think that her mom is is still alive here in New Jersey. She's probably in her 70s, She's, you know, and that she might have a brother here as well. And we want to try to be as careful as we can with Cleo's mom. And so we, we thought that maybe a phone call first would be the best way to, to reach out to her. Hello,
1: please leave us your name and phone number and any message. And we'll call you back. At the tone.
2: I decide not to leave a message, and we start on the two-hour drive back to Marlton. We aren't on the road long, when we realize we missed a call on Marnie's cell. So we just missed Mark's phone call, and I'm going to call him back. is this Mark? Yeah. Hi, Mark. It's Connie calling from CBC. Somebody
1: wanna, somebody wanna enlighten me as to what's going on?
2: Sure, sure. Um, we tried calling you this morning when we were on the phone with Christine and April. Um, but okay, so
1: you're on the phone with them. What's the big news here, Marnie? It's Connie. Sorry, Connie. I got Marnie on CBC. Sorry, I got the wrong number or wrong person on the wrong number.
2: No, that's I'm, I'm using Marnie's phone, but um, I guess the, the news is that we, we found Cleo's grave in Marlton, New Jersey.
1: How come you're the one telling me this? He hung up. Did he hang up? Mm hmm.
2: Mark is ticked off, and I get it. I, I understand his anger, why he wouldn't want to hear such important personal news from a reporter that he's never met in person. Of all of the siblings, Christine and Mark seem to be the closest. So I call her to let her know what just happened, and to see if she can reach out to him. We just um, we just got a call from Mark, and we told him that we found Cleo, and, and he was quite upset that, that he was hearing from us. He's, He's... I guess, a little bit a little bit upset and that I'm, I'm sure he'd appreciate a call or something. Yeah,
0: I tried to call him. I'll, gi- I'll give him another call. Okay.
2: We hope Christine can reach Mark. In the meantime, we keep trying to call Mrs. Madonia. Um, what did, which number do you say? Oh, 0684? No, no, 0906. Okay. Hello? Please leave
1: us your name and phone number.
2: But we had another important phone call to make. Jill wouldn't tell us how Cleo died, but suggested we contact Marlton Police. She was certain they would have investigated Cleo's death.
4: You've Chantan's Police Department, Lieutenant Rosenberg, how may I help you?
2: Oh, hi there. It's Marnie Luke calling from CBC
4: News. Hello, ma'am. How are you
2: doing? I'm, Marnie I'm reminds good, him why good. we're calling and the information we're hoping to get.
4: And that's and that's where I need to do some more legwork. Tell you there was an active investigation.
2: So you have been able to locate a file then?
4: Yes. Okay. I, I actually have it sitting right I have it sitting oh. right in front of me. Okay.
2: Not only was there an active investigation into Cleo's death, they still have the file from forty years ago. Does that mean it was never solved? Immediately Marnie wants to know if anything in that file sounds like what Cleo's family has believed for decades that she was murdered somewhere in Arkansas while trying to hitchhike back home to Saskatchewan. Is what I'm explaining lining up with what you're seeing in the file?
4: or There's definitely similarities in what you're saying may have happened in her past. Hmm. That's why I was wondering maybe if she came this way from there or what, because it seems crazy. I don't know how, but I think it's, I find it odd that there's all these similarities and the only difference is like Arkansas and New Jersey.
2: Yeah, and her
4: mother alluded to the fact that she had run away and tried to go back to, to Saskatchewan. That would probably be accurate. Mm-hmm. And and I'll check. I mean, I'm actually checking upstairs as we speak to see with our clerk's office there should be, a death certificate on file, and, and I believe that that is a public record. I'm I'm actually checking I'm checking for that right now. Okay. Um, I was told that they should have it. There's actually some. Some of the officers that responded and investigated are, are still alive.
1: Ah, okay. So, you know,
4: that may be one avenue that I'm mm-hmm. going to potentially explore.
2: He can't tell us much more about the police investigation. He says he needs permission before he can share more information. But we would find out that the file containing the police report is thick. I can't help but think of that article in the paper about the attempted rape of a teenage girl, hitchhiking in the area, in the weeks before Cleo died. Right turn ahead,
1: then left turn.
2: We hit some traffic on the way back to Marlton, and I'm starting to get anxious about the time. Marnie and I talked it over with Heather, our senior producer, and we decide that if we can't get Mrs. Madonia on the phone, then we'll try reaching her at home something I'm dreading doing. How will she react to a reporter just showing up and asking about her daughter who died nearly 40 years ago? I really don't want to do this, but knocking on her door seems like the best option with such limited time. Um, So yeah, we're just a few minutes away from Mrs. Madonia's house and we're going to knock on her door uh, just to see if she's home and if she's... Let her know what we're doing and see if she's interested in talking to us. How are you feeling? Really conflicted, actually. Um, I'm trying to figure out if it's if it's just nerves. Like I understand we have this time pressure because we're in only in New Jersey for a little bit of time, and I'm just wondering if this is the best way to do this. So I'm I'm feeling a bit nervous about that, actually. Mm-hmm. Marnie and I talk it over some more. We want to be as careful and as sensitive as we possibly can be. I'm still a bit unsure, but I think of Cleo's siblings, about how much they want to know how she died, and how much I also want to know. We've been working on this story for months, and we're at a crucial moment. Her friends won't tell us. Neither will police. Talking to Mrs. Madonia today is our best chance at finding out the truth. Left turn
1: ahead. on to now this looks nice. Oh, this is it. Have arrived at your
2: destination. We pull up to a house which, according to our research, the Madonias have lived in for decades, even before they adopted Cleo. This was Cleo's home after she left Saskatchewan. It's bigger, I'm sure, than any house she lived in on the reserve. It has two stories with lots of windows and red shutters. There's a two-car garage right next to the front door. The lawn is freshly mowed. It looks like a perfect suburban home. We park across the street, and I'm so nervous when I get out of the car. I that off. Yeah. All right. Good luck. Marnie waits in the car. I cross the street, walk up the driveway. and approach the front door. Hi, I'm looking for Lee Madonia. Mm-hmm. Hi Lee Hi. my name is Connie Walker. I know that we've never met. Um, I'm a reporter with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation in Toronto, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, is that okay for a second? I'm not really feeling that. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear you that. What's um, your first name, did you say? Connie, Connie Walker. I'm here because I'm working with a family in Canada. I'm a reporter and I got a message um, a few months ago from a woman and she and her siblings, her biological siblings, were all adopted into various families across right. North America. And they've been looking for their sibling, a young girl named Cleo. Right. and we um, we think that it might be be your daughter. On the next Missing and Murdered, Finding Cleo. Are you
0: okay? Yeah. Just maybe hold on a minute. Okay, we're sure. We're gonna pull around the corner and reposition, okay? Okay, sure. Oh my goodness, how, how did she see, like was she shaken talking about it?
2: It's surreal to be inside the house where Cleo lived. I said, I'm sorry to bring this up. And she said, no, she was so lovely. To hear the truth about how Cleo died. Missing and Murdered Finding Cleo is written and hosted by me, Connie Walker. It's produced by Marnie Luke and Jennifer Fowler. Mika Anderson is our audio producer and our senior producer is Heather Evans. Subscribe for free to get the next batch of episodes. Search Missing and Murdered Finding Cleo on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. You can also listen, see photos and explore other extras on our website at cbc.ca slash findingcleo.